Today's episode is sponsored by one of my favorite rap labels, Front Row Regal. Started by my good friend Rock City Mark, legendary rapper Ito, and Jay Rios, they are the go-to for real hip-hop. Make sure to check out the whole team, including DJ Duop, Jay Black, Nice to Future, Boo Boo the Prince, Reno RX, and Uop Diggs. Follow Front Row Regal on all platforms and check out the new New York by Ito and DJ Duop out now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The end, whether we like it or not. He didn't just drop it. That motherfucker spiked it. Like it was a like it was a guitar. Spiked that shit right on the fucking ground. Like that shit was hilarious. I always saw that like rock stars would like smash their guitar at the end of it. I feel like they'd always be hella mad afterwards. Because in the moment, you think it's cool. They got enough money. They don't even give a shit. Some sponsor probably gave it to them anyway. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's All true. That shit is sponsored. Like, yeah, they're, like, have you gone to like a rock show? They'll have a different guitar for every single song. I didn't even know the guitar sounded differently. I thought they was just like an appearance was. So I've probably been to fucking one rock show in my <laughs> whole life, and it was last year, Rage Against the Machine, that my girl brought me to. How was that? It was intense. We'll start now. We'll just we're, start. we're already there. Yeah, yeah we'll start now. Started. I'm holding How a mic. Ra- I figured we're fucking on. How was Rage Against the Machine? Rage was sick, man. And I'm not even like a rock guy. I'm caught in the 90s hip-hop world. That's what I was raised with so but the energy bro in that fucking building like a sold out msg and it's just crazy it's crazy to see the fucking i was up on the second floor because we broke but to see (laughs) any seat in msg is good though it was dope you could see everything but like looking down on the fucking mosh pit in front of there which was probably I don't know, few hundred fucking people in that thing. Like I've never seen anything like it. That was wild. Yeah, no, I got a chip, a tooth chipped at a mosh pit once. I was like, I'm never, I'm never moshing again. I I made a decision never to mosh again when I saw a mosh pit, and I never went in it. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like I'm, I avoid trying to get punched in the face. Why would I want to go put myself into that? Like as an option, I'm all set. That's why I never really, and I don't mean to start the podcast disrespecting a famous rapper, but that's why I never really liked Eminem. It's because, like, I'm just not, like, an angry white person. Uh, you know, like, with rock and metal and even him, it's like, those are angry white people. They're pretty angry white people. And there's a lot <laughs> of angry white people in there, i.e. fucking shootings and whatnot. Like, it is not okay. We're stoners. See, I like to smoke weed and be chill. Like but that I white rage is real. It's in there somewhere. It's in they, you somewhere. Yeah, no, it's unfortunately <laughs> it is. Man. When does it get let out? What like triggers you <laughs> into white rage? What's my triggers? Um, God, I'm sorry. Uh, my children, mostly. I have three, <laughs> three teenage children that I will apologize to already. But man, they really know how to push buttons. Yeah, and and other than that, it's it's when I see like bullying of any sort like and that's probably one of the triggers with my kids is like the big one will be picking on the little one and uh let's start with i am the youngest of five Mm. and so 
I had my ass whipped my whole life. And so to me, that's like a huge trigger for me. Like when I see that bullying, it puts me right back into little me getting my ass whipped <laughs> by my brother. And I'm like, I can't do it. Get me out of here. <laughs> I'm an only child, so I feel it against Like, I bullied myself growing up. That's like... I bullied myself. I bullied myself. Yeah. It's the only child syndrome. Yeah. No, it's it's opposite of what my experience was. Like I said, youngest of five, you just got to figure some shit out and just, you know, try to keep up. That was my whole thing. Um, Did you find hip-hop or weed first? Because I'm going to ask you how you found both, but... Okay, um, probably right around the same fucking time. Um, I would say, you know. You found like a joint in 36 chambers. You're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Well, so let's, my my dad is a musician. Mm. Um, Certainly the farthest thing from hip hop you can get. He does like blues and folk music and stuff. Um, But I was always like into music and I would pick up instruments and try to play them. And then I remember hearing hip-hop as a young 12-year-old white kid. And, of course, when it first came around in my mind, it was like, what is this? And we used to make fun of my buddies who would listen to it. And let me just say I was uh, raised in a very poor area. Um, and I was usually the only fucking white kid in my group of friends. So I was either white Mike or Moss Mike or uh, one of those things, right? So... I used to, like, hear hip-hop, and I'd make fun of my boy Edgar. Like, yeah, what the fuck is this shit? And literally within months, I was like, oh, I get it. I mm. get it. And to me, it was the lyrics and the poetry of it, which I've always been a fan of, like, good lyrics. Um, so that's what caught me, is hearing some of the biggie shit. I wasn't a huge fan of the West Coast, but once I actually listened to Tupac lyrics, that shit caught me up. I yeah. mean, that's, like one of the few artists that can raise the hairs on your arm with his lyricism. So that's kind of what caught me in is, is the lyrics. And then obviously we had the nineties, big puns of the fucking world DMX and just how they flowed the spirit of which they flowed. Like the energy was crazy to me. And I didn't hear that from any other music. Yeah, and you were around for the kind of when hip-hop didn't become mainstream, but, like, I'm hearing you say, like, within a few months, and I do get it, but I'm 25, so hip-hop was already, like... Like, my dad would play me... I knew every word to The Predator by Ice Cube when I was four years old. Oh, shit. Like, that whole (laughs) album. Like, literally. So I grew up with hip-hop. Like Right. Yeah, and I definitely didn't. I grew up with, like, country and fucking blues and weird shit like that, and... It never, like, touched my spirit like fucking hip-hop did. And, and again, to me, it was that lyricism. That's what made it different. I still listen to songs today with my girl, but whether it be, like, some rage or some old-school Rock 102-type music, I don't even know the words. I've been hearing these songs since I was three years old, and I could not repeat one of the fucking lyrics out of it because it just never resonated. <laughs> Whereas, like you said, quoting fucking some late 80s hip-hop song word for word is easy. Because, like, that shit hit home. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you think, like, because you were talking beforehand how you're not, you don't listen to a lot of newer hip-hop other than Griselda. Do you think that hip-hop, like, people are always like, it's shit, it was better back then. Do you think that's what it is? Or do you think you just get comfortable with what you grew up with? 
Like when I'm 40, I'm probably still going to be listening to the stuff that now because it was influential. Right. Uh, this is like the fucking Michael Jordan LeBron argument, right? Like, is there greatness to the new stuff? Absolutely. But I do think there's just a certain aspect of you talking about how when you were four, your dad would, you know, that's what you listened to. Yeah. It's like the things that you were raised on, that nostalgic feeling kind of just brings you back there. And that's why, to me, like if I'm in my car, I'm riding, it's always 90s hip hop, right? Like I'm not going to choose something else because this is what I fucking love. Yeah. Now, are there some new great artists? Yeah, and lyrically, like J. Cole, Kendrick, there's a couple dudes that lyrically, I think, are putting out crazy work. Um, but, man, I just, I appreciated the artistry and the newness of that 90s hip-hop era. Everything about it, the style, the beef. Like, it's it's the Dat Piff era. It was the era of mixtapes. So, like, yeah. Jadakiss, Sheik Luch, the whole Locks, Styles dropping his shit. Um, that whole underground New York scene on, on Dat Piff was, that's where I lived, man, downloading some <laughs> fucking weird shit on whatever we had back then and just rocking to that. Things that people didn't know of or hear about. They're shutting down all those mixtape sites now. I feel like I was just reading an article how they're all getting shut down, like live mixtapes, Dat Piff. Like, I believe that it. That was an era. That was an era. I grew up in Lowell for some time. Okay. And in Lowell, there was like a Dominican, um, just like a dollar store. And they would have like illegally burned CDs from, you know, just whatever that was on Dap Piff, they would sell those. And I would just get those. And that's how I found out about so many different artists. Yep. Always three bucks a pop at the local. Exactly. It was printed off the the artwork. It was there or the barbershop. That's the only two places, but you're catching them out there, rocking a fucking whole backpack full of CDs. And you're like, yeah, you know, I do want that, actually. Um, How about the secondhand movies? So, like, the ones with the camcorder. DVD was a short time period era, but goddamn if it wasn't packed full of some pushers, man. These guys were out there grinding on the dvd shit like you can hear him laughing in the background well, of course, you know, they're making it with 50 cent cds they're fucking 600 times on their money and we were just stealing songs and movies I and mean, it's not like they had to pay for rights for anything right like yeah but i also get probably that's why they're canceling this shit because like man that whole 90s era put a lot of dents in somebody's rapper's pockets and you look at like people like i just mentioned jadakiss styles peed like how much richer they should have been than mm-hmm. what they were because of assholes like me, sorry, stealing <laughs> music and fucking yeah. downloading it for free. Is, I guess that, that Piff had it all out there for you. So you, this this actually is tying together. I'm not doing a shameless plug, but you help, you you just did the, you just help do the Grass is Greener yes, festival. And um I think running a festival is probably something you understand and me doing comedy is where I understand it is the people don't care about the artists. They care about their enjoyment because they're putting the money in the artists only care about the art and the money that they're making off of it. And what like happens with shows is those combination of the two. You have to find the perfect middle ground. You do. You do. And that's not easy, especially here in mass, which is, you know, so spread out and what they're looking for. I mean, there's country shows that sell out. There's 
you know, we did uh, Wiz Khalifa, Redman, the Carney Roll, the original Grass is Greener Festival. And I think we pulled close to 20,000 out in Western Mass in Northampton, which I think the biggest event before that would have been with Eminem at the Warped Tour, which was 20 fucking years ago. You were probably five. Like, this shit was so long ago. So we don't get a lot of that, like, big-time stuff in Western Mass. So it's pretty cool to be able to bring it when we can, um, for sure. How did you get involved in all this? Wow. Um, So that goes back, I guess, to just weed. Like, I got involved with weed, going back to our original conversation at, you know, 12, 13 years old and realized that, you know, her family was so broke, I couldn't keep asking for dime bag money from from my dad. So uh, I decided to start selling early on. And that, to me, is really what got me in this industry. It was the connections with weed, growing it, selling it. Uh, It forced me into starting two weed businesses, Massachusetts Caregivers, which I was one of the first caregivers in the state. Oh, really? Uh, providing medicine to cancer patients and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think I was like one of the first five caregivers in Massachusetts. Wow, I had no idea about that. That's yep. crazy. So that's a whole other side of I've yeah. been donating Rick Simpson oil to cancer patients for really. I can remember now. It's eight, nine years. The only time I've ever gotten too fucked up off weed was that Rick Simpson oil. And, I, and I'm the one. I'm the one who has to warn people. Like, listen, this isn't just like medicine. You can't just eat. A lot of this. I had fifteen hundred milligrams and a two pills. Yeah, two seven fifty pills. Well, and the crazy thing is, what I have to do is um, get people's tolerance up. So, for cancer, for instance, Mm -hmm. they say a gram a day can eliminate almost any cancer in the body, and so you have to get these people up to a gram a day. Well, that is a thousand milligrams, and if you did fifteen hundred, you know. That's a lot of fucking milligrams. Yeah, it's RSI. like a mushroom trip at it, that point. It sends people for a loop. I went so. on a plane ride. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever tested this, I gave it to my boy Jacob, who's a heavy smoker, eats a thousand milligrams of the gummies at a time, and I gave him, you know, a full gram of RSO. He called me every half hour for the next six hours. Bro, just don't don't give this to anyone else, man. Like, just seriously, I don't know what the fuck this is. Just panicking. He's alone in his room. He's like, I'm covered in blankets, bro. I tried to drink milk. I tried to, like, drown this shit. There's nothing you can Like, do. it's spicy. Like, like milk would help. Like, Dude, it's a I, habanero. I don't know what he was thinking, but he was fucking cooked, man. And so, you know, again, I did a lot more research, and you have to work people's tolerance. You start them with the rice grain size drop and work up from there and so you know there's been some people that have been able to get there and i have seen actual uh tumors shrunk on mri i have some pictures on my phone i'll send you some images at some point but that's incredible okay i'm gonna stop you right there and say let's go back you were young you needed money you started selling Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how did that lead to the caregiver Massachusetts is somebody who provides medicine to their patient. And before it was providing weed to your buddy. They just changed <laughs> the wording of it. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But to be able to do it, how you did it to be one of the first ones, yeah. especially in a, a Commonwealth state yes, is not an easy test. <sighs> you know what? It actually is. And people just don't know enough about it, honestly. So the medical program in mass was literally you go fill out 
an application like you were applying for anything. I can relate it to food stamps because I've had to do that in my life. You know what I mean? You just go to the MassGov website. You find where it says medical marijuana patient or caregiver, and you start reading and doing homework. And um, I, re- I, I used to hate school because I thought I didn't like learning, but then I found something I love learning about, which is weed. And I realized how much time I spent reading and educating myself on something that I was apparently passionate about, right? Like, I didn't know why I got into weed early, but now I'm 40. I've been doing this for a lot of years, and, like, I get it now. I get the community that it leads to, which, again, is what led me to doing events. So there's the segue. It was went from selling weed, um, doing my thing out in the streets, to now getting paperwork by the state of Massachusetts. I'm still working on a cannabis license in Mass on top of the caregiver thing. But, yeah, it's, it was all paperwork, man, and learning how to do it all. So I did that, got the caregiver thing, took care of patients for a while. Unfortunately, hit a little rough patch in there and, and got arrested for it. Really? Uh, they raided a grow house of mine with me in it, yes. Can you talk about it? or? Absolutely, man. It's, it's part of the journey. It's part of what helped me start Infuse Productions. So. Wow. So what happened? Yeah. So, okay, uh, here's the long and short of it. Um, I, I was with my woman for 11 years. I had three kids. We then split up, and I found my own place. And in my new place, I had a little more freedom, probably more than I should have. <laughs> you don't give a recently uh, split up man that much freedom to do his own thing. So I found an old building. Um, used to be a package store in Waitley, Massachusetts. I gutted it. I turned it into a grow room. Um, and I put in the front part where the lobby was a bedroom and a bathroom, and I lived there with my children and and had a locked area in the back that I did the caregiver thing out of. And so um, that led me to them finding this building, saying they saw lights in the building, and they ran the electric, and they raided me. And luckily my kids weren't there, so it was just me, and... Yeah, they put me in jail for a couple different stints. Um, I ended up serving about six months and about a year and a half on suspended sentence where I had probation and all these other things. Um, But, yeah, when they raided me, uh, unfortunately, like I said, I had a little too much freedom, and there was some building uh, things in that building that shouldn't have been there. One of those things was a quarter pound of mushrooms. The other two things were some personal use, uh, depression medicines. Uh, you might know them as cocaine. <laughs> Co- cocaine and ecstasy, yeah. which was some MDMA. So I literally had, you know, 0.5 grams of cocaine and ecstasy in that building. And so that was a time that that's what I was doing to fucking deal with my recently single depression shit is partying it all out. So... Yeah, I got busted for all those things. I have class B, C, and D felonies with intent to distribute on my record, which makes me owning a weed business very difficult. Did they take your caregivers? Uh, ironically, no. And the funny story, here's a good one for you. So they, when they raid you, they go into your building, obviously, throw you on your face. They tell you to stop resisting. They do all this shit. Um, and then they take everything out and dump it upside down. So I had like baseball collector cards that I've had forever. All this, you know, your kids' clothes, like everything is just on piles everywhere. So I get out of jail and I go back into the building and it's all disarray. 
except for right where my computer was. They had cleared off that whole table, and they left me my caregiver card and my caregiver letter. Clean, open, <laughs> on the table as, like, a super huge fuck you if you think that means anything to us. Right? Like, we were coming to get you fuck your little card. Right? So it's like, to me, that was an obvious kick at the medical program where it's like, yeah, you think you have protections. You think you can do whatever you want, but no, you can't. Um, But that's what they rated me for is for growing marijuana. Now, they did find those other things, which led to more charges, but my actual um, raid was because they said it was an illegal grow. Um, And they, you know, made a way for that to happen. They used my mother's wrong maiden name. When you look up somebody on the marijuana system, you need three pieces of information. Um, Date of birth, social security number, and mother's maiden name. And when they went to look me up to see if I had my medical marijuana card, well, they couldn't find me. Um, And that was also part of why I got that. uh, My two-year sentence reduced to only six months is because when I got out on bail, I walked into the local police station and said, can you print me out my medical marijuana card, please? And I gave them my information, and they handed me a copy of my medical marijuana card at the police station. And so that was my big argument in court was, if I can walk in and get it just as a person and get a copy of it, you can't tell me that all of these agents couldn't find me in the system. Yeah. They didn't want to find me in the system, so they just used my mother's wrong maiden name in the entry form, and that's how they got their warrant. So... Because it's not about who's right in that system. It's about who can, like, win the game. It's 100%. And it was the first time I've ever had any charges. So, like, I didn't know I even had to play the game. Forget win the game. Yeah. Um, and when they raid you, obviously, they take everything. They took all of my money, all of my assets, and all of that. So you can't even afford an attorney at that point. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of the goal is they take all that. Even all the legal money that I had made working jobs, they take everything. Like, it doesn't matter. So, um, so how do you start over? So, how does that lead to infuse? How does that lead to infuse? There it is, right back to it. Um, (laughs) so I get out, and I have one rule with my dad now is to remain a free man. I can't keep doing things the way I was doing them. Do you feel that yourself or 100%? And again, when I did my time, I spent the whole time, um, obviously sober. For the first time in a very long time, I think that everybody is on something, whether it's pills from their doctor or some weed or they drink alcohol once in a while. Like the numbers are staggering for how many people use a drug of some sort. So like to be sober for that long period of time, um, it reset a lot of things for me. And obviously it put my kids back at number one, not that they weren't always number one, but. I was living a risky lifestyle, and I had to definitely make some changes for everybody. Um, it was the first time I was away from my kids for more than a week at a time. So that was very eye-opening. And so um, spent the next few months kind of, yeah, trying to figure out what the next step was. Uh, and for me, not being able to sell weed and do that whole thing anymore um, – I knew enough people in the industry that did, and this is when the seshes um, became a thing, right? So I was one of the first seshes out here where I'd get a bunch of tables together, 
of friends that I knew that grew, processed, made edibles, whatever, all weed products, and we would get these tables together and have events, and that was the start of Infused Productions. Um, we started off in Holyoke with five tables and probably 20, 25 people, and we ended up uh, in Worcester at the Bull Mansion with five to 800 people, 50, 60 vendor tables, um, but everywhere I go, every single time, we would end up getting shut down by the cops again. And so Worcester being a prime example, I had nine undercovers show up at one of the events, did a whole walkthrough. They actually left and left us alone, but it, they also gave us a cease and desist, basically. They put us in the paper, told us, basically, you can't do it. The uh, chief that came through was like, man, I thought there was real drugs here. This is all just weed. It's like, yeah, no, it was just weed, man. It's like, can I do my raffle still? And they're like, yeah, just whatever. They, fucking, <laughs> they, they didn't even give a shit. Like, yeah. Just weed. So, um, But it obviously was kind of still too early in the game for those type of things. I guess I would say I was always a little ahead of the curve when it came to the legalization of weed. So That's what I would mean about being one of the first caregivers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I took that approach in this industry too, I guess. And I think I was a little ahead of my time. And then I was also doing big events in Greenfield, hiring um, who was at that time the sergeant to do security. So now I was literally thought I was snitching on myself because I would like hire the local authorities to come be security at this event. And um, they didn't have a problem with it. They were good. Um, but it ended up being the district attorney, the same guy who pressed charges on me and put me in jail the first time, is the Franklin County district attorney. And so he caught wind that I was doing these. And again, I was ordered a cease and desist for doing the sesh style. Fast forward to what Infused Productions is now, is working more, as you know, with like A-list artists and dispensaries and the legal market and trying to get out of that, you know, so-called trapper zone that it used to be. Um, so Grass is Greener, we had Action Bronson, Wyclef, Styles P, um, got to throw a bunch of legal dispensary weed from the stage out into a crowd of people. Um, definitely a whole different vibe. And I think the towns and cities now see that and feel that, and they know, you know, what we're trying to do. And... Like the guy in Worcester said, it's just weed. Nobody How does that anymore. feel to you doing that, going back to like you sitting? Mm. How does that feel? Pretty goddamn good. Man. Yeah. I mean, Can you go back to that time and be like, damn, what would I be like? <laughs> Is this believable to you where you're at now? Only because, you know, since my arrest, like I've been very sober. I mean, I don't count weed really. Um, but even that, I've, I've taken breaks over the past three months. This is the first time I've smoked with anybody in probably almost three months, actually. So thank you for really? that. Really? Yeah, wow, thank that. you. I've been on a little cleanse for myself. And I, I haven't taken. She just took like 10, 11 days off in Ireland. And I was like, I've never, I haven't taken. I took like a week off three years ago. The only significant time was my arrest. And, and then so now I just had to prove it to myself that one, I didn't need it. You know, like, I don't want to be reliant on anything in my life. So, um, but yeah, I, I love weed. So yeah. I know, well, now I'm back anyway. So when was thanks. the first time you smoked? We never heard that. Somewhere between seventh and eighth grade. And I didn't even smoke. So my brother who was smoking at the time, I like how you said that, like you're defending yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like we're no, not smoking on me. camera. They fucking tricked me. <laughs> my brother at the time was like, 
they were all him and his friends always trying to peer pressure me into it. And I was a kid like, no, I was in the dare program. They told me about you guys, right? Like <laughs> I was not having it. And then he's like, no, 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 don't even smoke. Just come hang out. And we had this big ass box. It was a refrigerator came in the box, right? So it was out in the garage. He's like, no, just came, come hang out with us in the box. You, you're not going to smoke. And so I sat in this fucking box and got smoke boxed. Oh, they smoked no. like three blunts in this fucking little box and by the time i left there i was so fucking stoned i was i was like 12 13 <laughs> i don't even know exactly however you all are in seventh grade summer but i was so fucking stoned and i remember just sitting on the couch watching tv like yeah this is fucking cool i like <laughs> this so that was the start of it that's when i, I was the dare smoking. kid until like 17 18 oh, yeah i didn't start smoking until late yeah for you hey i'm all in now yeah no but i've never done i've done mushrooms okay i've had two dmt trips with like a shaman and shit but i've never done any other drugs like i've never taken adderall i've never done coke i've never done good so i feel like like now i'm like the 2020 dare program if you just smoke weed you're like a you're like a narc (laughs) (laughs) for real yeah no exactly if Um, you just smoke weed it's like what are you doing but i can tell you i had to stop taking mushrooms dude i talk about it a lot on this podcast taking mushrooms i had to take a break well good for you yeah i haven't done like i said really anything i'm just not good at it anymore like i used to be really good at doing drugs and now I, it hurts. Yeah. yeah. I'm just old and I'm not good at them. And if I fucking, I think the last time I tripped, I don't know, it was a few years ago probably. And like I was out at my camp with my girl and we're all hanging out, but I'm the one all curled up in a blanket in the corner. Like I'm too hot and I'm too cold and I don't know what's going on. And, and it's like- crazy because you've handled <laughs> so many trips. It's why like, like we went to go see cocaine bear. Oh, yeah. And we took them beforehand. Okay. And that, that move, there was this asshole kids in the theater. So I'm tripping and the movie's intense and these kids are just being assholes. And it just freaked me out so much that I haven't, haven't done them since. Well, I'm sorry. I brought my kids to see cocaine bear that day. I didn't need to- <laughs> uh, I You knew we were tripping. <laughs> Anytime I see tripping people, I tell the kids, get them. No. <laughs> Uh, I have not brought my kids to see Cocaine Bear, so I can't <laughs> own that one. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm not good at drugs anymore. I yeah. can't drink. I just like, I'm not made for it, man. I had my fun. I got it all out of my system early. Um, and now I'm all set. It just, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. That's it. That's the, the real bottom line of it. Um, and it does feel good to be, you know, on my game and like to be honest if i was met like i still have friends that party every fucking night i have friends that are tapped out so fucking hard from taking too much acid that it's just not even okay to watch like some of these people are fucking cooked yeah and i'm thankful that i had a wake-up call when i did like i go back to that moment all the time i'm uh it was something i needed at the time i needed a fucking wake-up call and it came pretty harshly Mm-hmm. But it came, and uh, I'll take it. And since then, it has been much more successful than it was in my previous life. How does something like that affect your life now? Just, it's, it's kind of an afterthought, really, but mm-hmm. 
it's easy to keep me on task. Like I've I've kind of been through it all. I've been depressed. I've been the sad man. I've been on top of the world kind of as a dealer and dude, I don't know, I did the strip club thing and I did all this other bullshit and it's like, I used to go to the strip club and make money. I wouldn't go there and spend it. Like, it was a different lifestyle and now it's like, I'm fucking happy at home. I love spending time with my kids. We play Monopoly. We do a no screens day every week where we just like pick a game and like hang out and that's way better than the strip club. Like to me, like I had all my fun out doing the party scene and all this bullshit and I'm just done. I'm tapped out. So yeah, it's just. And that's why I like the events, like the, the festival, the weed festivals and like the, what we're going to do, the comedy and barbecue. Yeah, the Grumpy Cup. Shout out guys. Be at the Grumpy Cup. Make sure you come hang out. Um, Yeah. It's cause it's chill. Like, I don't want to go to events where people are fucked up and angry. It's like, I'd rather smoke weed and hang. Yep. Amen. Like, Amen. we did that for New Year's Eve. We went to, like, a, a smoke show. Like, instead of a bar, it was like everyone just smoked. Yep. And it was like, oh, this is so much better. I can't wait till there's things like, uh, what do they call it? Consumption rooms? Yep. The consumption allows is social consumption. Yeah. Um, and that they just did pass the law. They're redoing it in November again. Social consumption will be a thing in mass. There's already a couple places that do it. I mean, Summit Lounge is one. Um, I think there's a place in Springfield that just opened up as well. It's three floors. Uh, he was in my social equity cohort. I know I should know his name. Um, Tito. Tito just opened with Tito Jackson. I don't think it's Mike's brother, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think. is that how he introduces himself? <laughs> he should. I'm man. Tito he's, Jackson, not Mike's brother. Uh, he should just go with yeah. It's me, it's me Tito. Y'all recognize me? You know who it is. I just might as well use it. Fuck. Um, but yeah, I think he just opened up a three story lounge, and that's uh, one of the things I aspire to do. I like I said, I feel like I've been on the forefront of the sesh game, doing those early. Uh, I know so many growers, producers. Now I'm in with a few dispensaries that fuck with me. So it is crazy that they're starting to open places you can smoke weed inside. It's happening. That's crazy though. It's go back to like when you were a kid. Didn't see it coming. <laughs> Did not see it coming at all. Like so, my dad has been a lifelong smoker, and uh, that's kind of what I guess showed me that it's not the bad thing, right? Like, you hear all these fucking things that are bad stories about drugs in school, but then I'm, like, seeing all these potheads around me. I'm like, oh, these people are normal as fuck. Like, maybe that's just my upbringing, and I see that, but they were. It's fucking, and even now, what I know, like, I work with doctors, lawyers, like, real prominent people in the industry they all smoke weed. They would be sitting here smoking the joint with us, like hanging out as long as they don't have crazy shit to do. Like, and so it's cool. It's great to see the growth, man. I love the growth of weed. Uh, it's fucking up the numbers game. Like for these dispensaries thinking they were going to make millions. We're kind of in that Cali race to the bottom portion of the weed game right now. I went out to Denver because yeah. that was the first state. Yeah. It's crazy out there. The price is out there, but it's like, it's almost like they're like liquor stores. You know how you go to, you're in a city or a town and you see four liquor stores. It's like, that's kind of dispensary out in Denver. I got a runce ounce for $70. Yep. 
And like they were like, we're the Walmart of weed. And I think saying it just like that is the good way because there will be a separation eventually. Like, think about where beer was. Like, forever it was just you get Bud Light and you enjoy whatever that is. And now, like, look at the people that stand in line for fucking hours to get, like, a four-pack in New Hampshire or some shit. Like, these people are real about their craft beer. But it's like food. They have, like, farm-to-table restaurants that don't take reservations, like, that do take reservations, and it's a four-month wait, and, like, there's ten tables, and then there's McDonald's. Yep. Like, that's... I was just talking... Like, McDonald's is the most successful restaurant ever. But you wouldn't even consider it, like, a restaurant, you know? Yeah, there's going to be two models in the weed world, too, and I believe that, and I think there will come a time where craft cannabis separates itself and people understand that it's not just a race for that thc percentage that's what everybody's chasing right now and it's like not to say they're ruining weed because breeding always helps you can use that strain to mix with another but it's messing up the high for people it's more like the distillate high you get off a pen which is not the same as a full spectrum cannabis high right like you get all the cannabinoids and good cannabis and you need that you need that combination of things and i think a lot of the breeding now is trying to take away that and it's causing like you see it people get more anxious when they're smoking like weed's too fucking strong now like your average user can't smoke a 40 30 plus percent strain and like not feel nervous or anxious is there a is there a detriment to mass-produced weed like health-wise that's something for the CCC to answer. I mean, there's testing in place. I know that. I've also toured a ton of dispensaries, and I will never throw shade at people that are trying to do their thing, but if anyone who's grown weed knows that there's issues when you grow weed. You can have bugs. You can have mold. You can have a ton of crazy infestations in your soil. You can have, uh, you know, added too much nutrients and burnt shit out. Like there is a million things that can go wrong in a grow. So there's no question in my mind that some of these dispensaries that are growing legal weeds still have some of the same issues and they either wash it or do whatever they can to still get it out there. And, yeah. Uh, the testing I will say in mass is super stringent. Um, there is no harder testing on the planet. Even your average organic grower can't pass testing in today's grow. It's really actually fucked up. They're working on changing those laws, but the testing is almost too strict. So I think most of what you see in mass is probably passing some pretty strict tests. Um, and anything they can't use, they can create distillate or some sort of offshoot wax, whatever they're going to make, even just extract the terpenes only and save those. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a whole new world out there, but you can literally use every part of the plant. Yeah, are you a dabber? Because hash rosin's the big thing now, right? That's like the purest form you can get. So before I got arrested, we had a dab rig that was like fucking two and a half feet tall with the big old party bill <laughs> in it. And we used to literally put people out, like laying flat. Uh, uh, like... That was the days where it was dab all day. But honestly, I can't even tell you the last time I took a dab. And I remember one of the last times I did was at the Bull Mansion when we were doing those big-ass parties. And upstairs, we would deck it out and have the big-ass dab smoke room. And somebody would just be there tossing out fucking boogers of this shit onto the bowl (laughs) for you. 
And like I went in there, I took a huge dab, and I remember being out the top floor window of the Bull Mansion, just leaning, trying to get some fresh air, just feeling like I was dying inside. <laughs> and then I was just so fucking high for the next hour and a half, trying to do my raffle and all this other shit, man. I'm like, no, this is too much. It's too much for me. I'm not good at drugs anymore. The third I time you. I ever smoked, someone gave me a .5. Oh, no. I remember coughing for like probably 15 minutes. And then I remember going to the dining hall of my college and eating 40 meatballs. <laughs> I literally counted like a fucking, like it's a beautiful mind. Like I was just, I ate 40 meatballs. Yep. Dabs yep. are too, uh, I do, I'm not going to say what high school I went to. I'll tell you after, but I went to like, I got a full tuition to a boarding school. Okay. So okay. we had our reunion and when we went back, people from my high school realized what I did. And then high school, I was like a nerd. No one talked to me. Like, I was just quiet. You know what I mean? So now they're like, Sam Buck's the crazy person, like the crazy stoner. Put him on the map. So they're like, well, we have to do something to celebrate. So we were all staying in the dorms. Okay. We hotboxed the entire dorm building one night. And what, what? How old were you at this time? This was like two last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the reunion. Man. This okay. is the reunion. Yeah, they had us stay in, and we had like, all right, you go to the third floor, second floor, first yes. floor. Yes. You talking about Bull Mansion? The third, we did that. We just hotboxed the entire dorm building. Good, as you goddamn well should. <laughs> it felt I had never smoked weed in college, high school. Right. So I was like, I'm finally fucking smoking weed in high school. That's when you're getting it out. Oh, good. Yeah, no, that's that's the party time. You have a, the most stoned you've ever been? Or worst trip or craziest trip? I'd like to hear that. I like to hear crazy trip stories. Yikes, yikes and yikes. All right. Uh, most stoned, I puked my brains off. Uh, the first two blunts that I smoked, so after my brother partying with his friends. So I was always the younger kid hanging out with my brother and his friends, be trying to be the cool younger kid. And I remember sitting in my buddy's basement, smoked a couple blunts, passed around between like three people and fucking going upstairs in his house and just puking my damn brains out <laughs> in his sink and just walking away, leaving it there like nothing happened. I left, went home. He still holds that one against me. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. To this day, I still get to hear that one. Um, so that was probably the most fucking weed fucked up I ever been. I was just too young, couldn't handle. And the tobacco always fucked oh, me up. The yeah. blunts, man, would like I don't do that either. I'm I've been four years clean of all nicotine and tobacco. Cha ching. Yeah, just weed. Good, good. Yeah, that's the only thing. If you're gonna smoke anything, kids, let it be weed. It's the only thing I can think of that you should yeah. like. And be also, smoking and it's okay. I think people should realize that smoking blunts is like smoking a because people will be like i don't smoke i won't smoke a cigarette but then they'll smoke a blunt right, and i'm which, like you're smoking tobacco <laughs> like it's the same thing you're to your body that's the same thing i guess there's some good ones out there i know people use like the hemp wraps and this well and hemp wraps now. are different but i'm talking about tobacco oh yeah if you were smoking tobacco Philly is blunts, tobacco is tobacco backwoods we're talking about fronto we're talking about games we're talking if you were in the Philly Blunt era, but we used to break up the Philly Blunt, my friend, and you would take out what they called the cancer, which was like the extra tobacco strip at the very bottom of it. It was like 
think it was the thing that's supposed to put it out or something. <laughs> the sure filter. If it was tobacco or not, but they would tell you to take out the cancer. And so we would have to open the leaf and take out that one little part. And then we just put it back on and smoke the rest of the leaf and the cigar and like, isn't it all the cancer? Like, what are we yeah, talking that's about? That's what I'm that out. <laughs> yeah, so, oh. yeah, it's a thing. I think we should talk about the, the best coming, <laughs> the barbecue and comedy show coming up Please now. Please do, Jesus <laughs> Lord. Take you into a nicer time. Oh, I feel better now. Thank you. This has been my therapy session. That's for what Bucked Up is here for. <laughs> we get high and we talk. Yeah, no, let's do talk events, man. Um, best barbecue I ever had was in Austin. I just have to say that. Call them up. Get them in on the Grumpy Cup, man. We're having a barbecue competition, so we want all food vendors to submit their barbecue options. Um, but I know there's some fire locally that'll be put together. Tap that infused carried us through last year. Craig, are they all infused? No, and you have an option to infuse on some of them, um, but we know that infusing is not for everybody. I can't eat edibles like at all. I will go immediately to sleep. I'm just, like, not good at any of this. So um, I know that some people don't want any part of that. So we give them the option. That's good if it's like, no, you have to get stoned. Yeah, no, here, eat your sauce. (laughs) You have to. (laughs) Eat your sauce and go to your tent. Well, luckily it's a camp out, too. So people can go to their tent if they do eat the sauce. But, um, yeah, barbecue competition. Each food vendor is going to be required to submit a barbecue option. And you'll be able to walk up to the little trailer that they're at their food truck and scan in a little code. And as you're sitting there eating whatever they cook, you get to judge their barbecue. Hey, and don't eat too much at the first place and then get full for the rest of it. No, well, it's a whole weekend. You spread it out, damn it. You know, you, yeah, spread, you, you spread it out, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, you don't just eat all that first one. So, um, but we will have some pretty bomb options. We got a few people locked in for the competition already. I know Phil uh, is the owner of the Grumpy Cup, is working on some more sponsors. And anybody who does barbecue, we're happy to hear from. Um, They can shoot me a message. We'll do all the info at the end. And there's going to be a comedy show. First year we do the add-on for the comedy show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So um, Stoner Rob Rob Headliner is uh, who was recommended to me. We put some feelers out there. We happen to have a plug through one of our vendors. Um, and so we're flying him out. He just dropped a Netflix and, uh, what's that other streaming one? You know, Hulu, he did a Hulu. You know, he's a legend in the, yeah. So yeah, stoner comedian, he's up there. Um, of course I would love to have you. I of know course. I threw out yes. The invite. Please. No, I'll be there. You'll yep. see me there. There it is. So man, a matter of fact, I want you to help put this together with me, man. Now that we're sitting here, um, you tell me how we should arrange these comedians, what we should do, or should we sit around? Do you want to do a podcast? You just let me know. No word. Um, so this is completely freestyle event. This is the only one where it won't be a super tight schedule of the artist has to be on, so there's no, like, panic in the If back you end. like laughing, if you like barbecue, and if you like weed, you don't have to like weed. But if you like weed, yeah, no. you should go to this. Any one of those things. If Anyone. You like them. Or if you just like camping. 
and you want to come hang out yeah. with some cool, fun people. Or if you're um, just lonely and want some friends. We're there for you. We're we can be that shoulder for you. If you've watched this podcast and you want a hug, I'll give you a hug. Just See, come up and say, I watched Bucked Up and I want a hug. He said it. Free hugs at the Grumpy Cup for anybody who needs <laughs> Yeah, them. not so grumpy now. I'm going to make it the Happy Cup. Yeah. See, that's beautiful, man. So sweet. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good one. So that's July 8th and 9th, Grumpy Cup. Uh, it is also a Cannabis Cup, which we haven't talked about Anybody can be a judge. I let the community judge it. It's a blind taste test. Uh, last year, I think we had 28 total entries for flower, wax, and edibles. This year, it looks like we're on pace for more. Um, so you get this big-ass box full of everything you can imagine, um, all different flavor weeds, some super creative edible categories, like last year, the pickles one. I'll, be, I'll judge pickles. this. I'll judge um, this. She made some awesome infused fucking pickles. That sounds amazing. They won the Grumpy Cup. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of pretty cool producers out there that we like to highlight at these shows. Bunch of local people just doing their thing. Um, again, infused productions, that's kind of the roots of that. I knew a bunch of growers and producers, and I put them all together in a room, and it turned into something pretty fantastic. And how can people find out a more a more about infused infusedproductions.com i-n-f-u-z-e-d right there you can scan in this we'll zoom in on that later we'll put something up yeah something yeah you know um but infusedproductions.com i'm on instagram infused productions you have to put in the whole word because they shadow ban me all the time for doing weed stuff mm-hmm. instagram still doesn't like weed stuff i don't get it a Everybody lot of my videos get demonetized on youtube because i'm smoking weed <sighs> see and i and because i say fuck Right, you can't say fuck. That's well, we just said it twice, so. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wait. See, now we go down a whole bad path right there. <laughs> All right. Um, but you can you can say whatever you want at the Grumpy Cup. So Oh, there's yeah. not a, there's not a, you have, you can't <laughs> swear is, once you walk through the door. It is 21 plus, and so, you know, this is not the kid-friendly environment that some of these other events, like uh, the Homie Collective we have in August, we'll talk more about another time, but. Uh, that's a, like a kid-friendly festival, music festival. Not weed festival. Uh, no, not necessarily, but there will be a cannabis cup associated with oh, that nice. too. Now, we're not going to sell it to the children. I yeah. mean, I think, see, if only everybody operated on common sense, right? <laughs> As like, a child, <laughs> we, it's like a lemonade stand. Yeah, exactly. All the kids have they're like... infusing their lemonade <laughs> They're giving out dabs. <laughs> uh, it will not be that, we assure you. Um, but yeah, the, the Grumpy Cup's 21 plus. Um, but even with that said, we don't like having alcohol, so there will be no beer tents or anything oh, that's like dope. that. Um, we do Weed Fest, man. Yeah. You know? And we want that vibe. And Go I'll to a you, brewery if you want that shit. Exactly. I've been doing Go these fuck off to a brewery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've been doing these seven years. We have not had one single raised voice. Wow. Out of any, just cannabis festival. Now, grass is greener. They had a beer tent there. Some of these bigger festivals I'm a part of, they do have beer tents. But the ones that I do personally, we've never had alcohol served. And I swear to you, there has never been so much as a fucking raised voice at any of these venues. Talking upwards of a thousand people at some of the biggest ones in Greenfield. So it's a good vibe, man. I like pop people. They're quiet, they're laid back, they keep to themselves. They only talk when it's a fun, good conversation. So, 
Yeah, I like the vibe, and we're going to keep pulling it out. And now with the comedy show, man, I can't wait to get that vibe. Yeah, no, better. it's I can't wait for it. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I um, This was dope as hell. I really hope people go out to it. I hope so, too. Grumpycup.com also, you can check that. Uh, hit me up at Infuse Productions if you have any questions. But, yeah, we'll be out here doing a bunch of weed events, festivals, campouts, uh, and coming soon, music studio as well. So Oh, that's dope as hell. We'll bring you out to the river one of these days. I don't rap. Don't worry. I don't either. Um, we all got Do you rap? Written. You, right. you got a few things written. Don't play. If I go <laughs> when I was a journal like, upstairs. When I was young, but not recently. When you you are young. What do you mean when I was when young? Right? I've been written, <laughs> I, I think I hit 21 and I was like, I'm never going to write another rap. That's a lot. You lied to yourself. I just want you to know that. It's going to hit you. Bro, with the room I just saw, this was like a fucking, I mean, uh, a tribute, truly a tribute to Griselda. I don't know if anybody has heard this story, but they need to know what you have going on. The shrine of Griselda that you have in your room. Yes. She's seen it. Uh, oh, I'm sure she has. And I, I, that's okay, too. It's a lot of Griselda shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a heavy Griselda set. You're I need, like, with. once I can have, like, an office that I'll put all that shit in, but right now that's where it that's is. That's your office. That you conduct business. That's there. where I do my podcast. Maybe it's time for Griselda to, you got to start repping out here. I don't know why. I don't trust, a couple things. I don't trust my art out here. True, true. No, you got some dope shit, man. I, I, I fuck with it. I, I love 90s hip hop. They represent, like, 90s hip hop did. I fuck with Griselda. Let's get Benny on the show. Come on. Bring your people in. We need the feature. And the, on the Grumpy Cup? Not the Grumpy Cup. We'll get them out to something a little... Benny and barbecue? A little different. Yeah, yeah. You never know. The Benny the Butcher. He's literally the Benny the Butcher. He's butchering up some barbecue. We we'll can have, make this we'll happen. Grumpy Giant cook up a nice roast and have Benny the Butcher come chop that shit up. <laughs> man thank you so much for doing this brother this is dope as fuck appreciate you thank you for having me everyone check out all that's happening you've infused heard production, infused productions wop, wop. scan that in right there scan that shit peace out thank you all for listening make sure to like subscribe peace smash that like <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah,